Welcome to the Larkin Awards, recognizing the achievements of Star Trek Discovery Season 3. I'm your host, Adam Pranica. And I am also your host, Ben Harrison. We're, uh, we're here on the red carpet. Uh, the awards are just about to kick off, as you can see from the little countdown timer in the corner of your screen. But everybody knows that the, the red carpet is really what you tune in for, right? Ben, the sun is shining as bright as the stars who are walking past us. Uh, just a gorgeous day outside the Kodak Theater mm. in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Uh, the presenters and nominees are making their way into the venue. Uh, just a star-studded event Yeah. about to begin here. The press and the fans have all gathered. Uh, lots of lots of uh, you know flash photography happening. Of course, that's not allowed inside the Kodak Theater, ironically. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but out here at the Step and Repeat, uh, some some real uh, some real luminaries of the you know of the greatest discovery universe and the larger greatest gen universe uh and uh and we're just so fortunate to be here let's uh, let's see if we can pull some some of these folks aside and and uh, get a few words what do you say uh, ben i'm being told that uh, that kevin uxbridge uh is here oh he's that's ready. great he's a uh, his press people usually refuse almost a- any overture we make to interview or or ask for comment about anything so he's just finishing up with uh with mario lopez from extra uh, <laughs> kevin kevin over here kevin oh oh, oh. Uh, hello uh, i didn't uh, i i usually don't grant interviews to you people but uh I suppose, uh, given the moment of the occasion, I should, uh, I should do. Uh, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing, doing great, Kevin. You, you look amazing right now. Uh, uh who are you wearing? Uh, well, uh, this actually leaked in the press before, uh, tonight, and I, uh, have gotten a lot of flack for it online, but I am wearing the hooshnack. I sewed a little piece of each one of them into this suit, and, uh, and I am wearing a, a Kevin Xbridge-sized bespoke hooshnack suit. I mean, that would explain why, uh, I just, I just put my hand on your shoulder. A little damp... <laughs> Kind of an unsettling feeling touching you, Kevin. Well, one of the uh, strange uh, realities of killing an entire species using magic is that uh, they haven't rotted or decayed at all. So they were quite fresh when I went to harvest their their pelts. <laughs> Personally, I'm very glad to be wearing a shoot of hooshnack, given my <laughs> dispute before the award show I had with Hugo Bursch. <laughs> uh... Kevin, you're going to be presenting the grossest fingers category uh, at the awards this evening. Do you have any predictions? Well, uh, fingers are something I know quite a bit about. Uh, the only 
the only trophy I permitted myself from killing billions of Hushnak <laughs> are the are the many fingers I keep in the basement of my Malibu beach house. <laughs> I stack them like so much firewood. <laughs> I think you'd be very impressed with how well organized that pile looks. Is Rashawn at home tonight uh, watching on TV or is she going to join you inside the theater? Uh, it's far, far too late for my lovely wife Rashawn to be staying up, so, uh, so she'll be she'll be at home. Let me just uh, hi Rashawn. I'm just gonna wave to the camera, wave to Rashawn at home. Hello. Uh, hope you enjoy your sleepy time tea. Uh, I'll be home very soon. Ah, uh, that's that's lovely stuff, Kevin. Well, uh, we'll let you get into into the theater. I know you're a busy man. Um, let's see who else uh, can we see coming down the carpet. Oh, Ben, I'm I'm being told uh, to Kuvma. Star, of course, of season one of Star Trek Discovery. Wow! Uh, it's, it's great to see. It's great to see the the performers of previous seasons come back uh, to celebrate the current season. To Kuvma. It's one thing that is so lovely about this show is how supportive previous uh, characters are of the uh, ongoing success of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, to Kuvma also looking resplendent in his traditional Klingon formal uniform. Uh, oh, thank um, you. Uh, the uh, the boots are are really spectacular. Uh, where did you get those? Payless. <laughs> that you know what I didn't expect you to uh, to shop for value like that. That's uh, that's actually a, a place where anyone can get a pair of nice boots. Good on you. They do a nice job. <laughs> Takuvma, uh, I, I mean, I think anyone looking at you would notice uh, just how physically fit you look uh, in your in your formal Klingon uniform. What have you been up to uh, in the weight room uh, in the last few seasons? Bench press. I, I take it all of your answers are going to be in the form of one word. All right, let's uh, let's try to challenge you with a with a with a complex question that couldn't possibly have a one-word answer. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, that many people celebrate in Star Trek Season 3 is the is the diversity of characters and the inclusion of, uh, of trans and gender non-binary characters in Season 3. Uh, how do you feel about that? Progress! Now you got me there, Takuvma. Uh, have, a, have a great time in there. Thanks for taking your time with us. Oh, the best! <laughs> well, Adam, that was great to to talk to Takuvma. Um, you know, a man of few words, but uh, he cuts to the quick. You just got to get to know him. Yeah. Uh, I see coming down the red carpet the gang from uh, one of our favorite uh, non-Star Trek television programs. It's the, uh, it's the crew from This Old House. Not going to be talking much about who they're wearing. Uh, looks pretty clear to me that it's Wrangler. Wrangler and Kahat, yep. We're uh, we're, we're job site oriented uh, clothing customers, so uh, most of this stuff is uh, you know just it's it's built for hard work, you know. Now, uh, what do you have in the cargo pants pockets there? No. Well, well, I've got my speed square. I've got a measuring tape. I've got a carpenter's pencil, and a picture of my daughter. <laughs> That's great. Uh, always. Always useful are those items, and uh, we're really glad to, to have you attend the festivities uh, just in case something breaks, and 
Uh, speaking for Ben, it almost always does. Well, we're on hand for any of that, but we're also presenting an award for the least tactful character tonight. Uh, we wanted to present something in the category of set building or construction or building materials, but uh, for some reason, uh, the people at, at the uh, award ceremony uh, decided that uh, issues of tact would be something that they would want to hear from us about. Uh, clearly, the hosts of this old house are uh, confused about the difference between tact and tack in the form of bu- building materials. Uh, personally, I can't wait for them to present their nominees. Well, okay. Uh, wow, uh, kind of a uh, kind of a tactless goodbye from Tom Silva at the end of that uh, little red carpet interview. Who knows what that's about? <laughs> uh, wow. Bit of a cranky Yankee, as it were. Uh, I think that counter down in the corner of our screen is getting close to zero, Adam. What do you say we go inside the grand auditorium of the theater and uh, and see uh, the beginning of the award show? With the launch of the quantum torpedoes off of the roof of the Kodak Theater uh, <laughs> as the signal. <laughs> Let's head on inside, Ben. All right. Well, uh, due to uh, due to copyright concerns, we've actually cut the big opening musical number from the beginning of the show, and I think uh, I think everybody appreciates that. That's right, and uh, I think the people watching at home are going to be happy about that because uh, they've all printed out their ballots at home. They've all made their bets. Let's go ahead and get to the categories for their benefit, Ben. And what do we have first? Well, the first category uh, is, is something that we are actually going to present uh, the two of us. Uh, one of the one of the beloved characters in season three of Star Trek Discovery, Admiral Vance, uh, for whom we've come up with uh, a number of beloved nicknames and so many that we couldn't even use them all. And uh, this is the category of best names we didn't use. There are six nominees in the category, and the first is... Admiral, guy who has strong opinions about the upholstery in different kinds of British luxury car. (laughs) Admiral, too busy to play catch with his son because he's really busy with work. (laughs) Admiral, cigar aficionado. Admiral, I think I see the air marshal on this flight. (laughs) Admiral, Johnny Quest villain. Admiral Mirror Universe Mullet, and in parentheses, wisdom in the front, business in the back. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they're they're passing me the envelope now. I'm so nervous. And the winner is Admiral Too Busy to Play Catch with His Son because he's really busy with work. This is Admiral Vance's first season of Star Trek Discovery and his first win and first nomination. Wow, really, really great. Um, Admiral Vance, uh, of course, not here tonight to pick up the award. Uh, Pretty much the entire cast and production team of the show uh, have, have boycotted this event, saying it is, quote, not official and not wanted. It's funny, you know, uh, you may have heard from them, but I heard nothing from <laughs> from any nominee. 
uh, I think it was a good idea for us to do the award show anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and, and maybe typifying why nobody from Star Trek Discovery wanted to participate in this is our next category, uh, the character with the biggest pent-up sexual energy. This is a category that I, I feel a lot of affinity for. <laughs> uh, three nominees in this category, Ben. I think uh, any one of them has a great chance of winning. Uh, first up is Sahil, the marooned Starfleet employee uh, who spent decades by himself uh, getting up, brushing his teeth, and sitting behind a desk all day. Yeah. And uh, given some of the recent discussion about how old everyone maybe is in this season of Star Trek Discovery, it may have been more than decades. It may have been an entire century that this poor guy <laughs> sat there and, you know, hit the snooze button on his bird clock. Really, uh, really tragic. That uh, The bird clock had to start looking pretty good at a certain point. <laughs> Our second nominee in this category is a joint nomination of Book and Michael Burnham, two characters who spent an entire year uh, pulling a Sam and Diane being couriers together alone on, a, on the same ship with only grudge to watch them. And yet they didn't make a move until they'd uh, made contact with the Starship Discovery. Maybe the greatest expression of science fiction ever depicted is a super empath not really knowing if the person he's cooped up with likes him or not <laughs> our third nominee uh needs an introduction because because all nominees do uh, it's mirror universe Giorgio, uh and i think the reason for her inclusion in this category is that she makes a pass at linus yeah she's Demonstrated herself to be one of the most sex-oriented characters on the show for three seasons now, and and yet does not seem to have shared a bed with anyone for quite a long time. So it's uh it's it's made her desperate. She'd she'd go for somebody just because they have a wide gamut of uh of color range in their visual acuity. Right. Mug also the only character to dress as come. <laughs> They're passing me the envelope now. Uh, the uh, the winner is it's Sahil. Wow, the lonely Starfleetman who maybe spent an entire century by himself. You know what? I see Sahil out in the audience, and he's waving like uh, he's not going to get up. Yeah, uh, he's, he's saying something about just taking the zero. Yeah, he's and, he, uh, he's making that hand movement. Wrap it up. <laughs> He's got something uh, over his midsection, uh, like it looks like a jacket or something covering himself up. So it uh, doesn't look like he'll be able to make it to the stage to accept his award. Yeah. Uh, I, I was told by somebody in uh, production that his, the montage of Sahil, uh, you know, keeping keeping the vigil and and scanning the sectors for Starfleet signals uh, did, in fact, have a large masturbatory component in the original <laughs> edit that they cut for uh, standards and practices reasons. You know, I've for the longest time, I've I've called my personal onanism keeping the vigil. So. <laughs> <laughs> that that detail wasn't lost on me, Ben. Uh, 
Well, that's uh, really exciting. Next uh, award we have here is a technical award, Adam. Oh, I like these a lot. Uh, normally, the technical awards happen uh, at a different site yeah. with a different class of celebrity. And uh, and for being honest, a different class of food. Right. Yeah. The It's all well liquor and uh, and the, you know. We're talking about uh, catering provided by the airport hotel. And, uh, and this is really what distinguishes the Larkin Awards from all the others. We, we see the technical categories as main categories, worthy of, of rewards. We're not, so, we're not the star fuckers that the uh, <laughs> members of the Academy are. That's right, Ben. The nominees in the category of best new set that we'll never see again are... The Saloon... From season three, episode two, Far From Home. Just a super detailed set uh, that we saw in one episode and never saw again. The second nominee is the Computer Core set from episode 13, That Hope Is You, part two. Uh, this was a this was a set that we that really leapt out. It's the uh, you know the set for the the final climactic fight scene between. Michael Burnham and Osira, and uh, really, really just popped on camera. Looked awesome. Had a bunch of different like lighting conditions. You know, the super bright all white, and then the murdered out reboot sequence lighting uh, condition. It looked great. Really did. The scrapyard from the season three episode Scavengers. Just like. Anytime you put a set together that has bins of props in them. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, also a fine layer of dust on everything. <laughs> yeah. Dozens of decommissioned phasers with distressing on them. Uh, we, we really appreciate the work that goes into a set like that, that we, uh, again, will never see again. Yeah. And the final nominee in this category is the mercantile that uh, is visited by Michael Burnham and Book in That Hope Is You, part one, episode one of the season, which I just noticed is part one of two that bookend the season. We uh, we continue to hear about this location quite a bit throughout season three, uh, yeah. but very few visits to the mercantile. I get the sense that there's more than one. So uh, maybe that's something that we'll see a lot of in uh, in season four. Who knows? But uh, interesting. Nobody gives a shit about that right now. What people give a shit about is who won. Oh, and I love to see the camera cut around to the different sets that are that <laughs> did, in fact, come for tonight's ceremony. They are sitting in the audience right now. One of these sets is about to be very happy, Ben. Oh. Uh, uh, what do we got on that little note card there, Adam? Uh, congratulations to the scrapyard. Wow, the Hanau scrapyard. Oh, it looks like the saloon has just gotten up and left. Oh, man. <laughs> really bad form by the saloon. You know, the saloon has a has a bit of a reputation in Hollywood for being kind of a hot-tempered set. Right. And uh, I, I'd say, Adam, we're lucky that the saloon didn't just Kanye this award. 
Oh, you know who is Kanyeing this award? The computer core has used its programmable matter to turn itself into the scrapyard and is now making for the stage. Excuse me. No. Uh, can we get no, security this, this... <laughs> over here? We are currently experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Wow. You really have to watch out for that programmable matter. Yeah. Uh, and thank you so much to the uh, security team here at the Kodak Theater for uh, for taking care of that computer core. Uh, I think the computer core maybe had a little too much to drink tonight. Do you guys want any help? Oh, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, um, don't start none, won't be none. That's what I always say. That's what I told the Hooshnock before I fucking wiped him out. The security people took care of the computer core kevin so you don't need to wipe anything out but uh and i know that you're presenting another category later but do you want to just present the next category because i'm terrified of you well i guess while i'm standing i can i can go ahead and do it from here where's my where's my camera it's the one with the tally lamp on on top you see the red light there hello i'm (laughs) kevin uxbridge of Delta Runner 4. <laughs> Presenting the, uh, what does it say here? Oh, Best Saving Roll by Michael Burnham. So, uh, what does that mean? Just roll a dice or something? I didn't watch the season. I'm someone who is all about uh, being a deus ex machina <laughs> <laughs> for an episode or a season. No one knows what that's like better than me. You might think it sounds like my speech is going on too long and the, the orchestra is trying to play me off, but that's not in fact the case. What's happening is that I have my own theme music that always kind of plays when I'm talking. And uh, uh, that's what you're hearing right now. But uh, I, I, I get the point. We should get into the nominees. First nominee, saving the USS Discovery from the ice. The second nominee, shaving Adira from the pool on the planet Trill. Shaving herself by losing her boots. I wish Rashan would shave herself if you know what I mean. <laughs> I think she's depending on me to eliminate all pubes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and the final nominee, shooting Oshara. You know, these nominees, very unforgiving for a presenter with a sibilance. <laughs> sort of uh, makes me realize that there may have been a joke on me in them selecting me to present the <laughs> later category of grossest fingers. But uh, that's, uh, that's not for several awards. Uh, so let's just get to let's just get to this one. Best shaving roll by Michael Burnham. I have exterminated the envelope, <laughs> and I am now just holding the contents inside. And the winner is saving herself by losing her boots. This was, uh, of course, when Michael Burnham depressurized the Jeffries tubes and killed that poor regulator who was ejected out into space holding a pair of Starfleet issue boots. Well, Ben, thanks to Kevin Uxbridge for uh, an impromptu presentation of a category. I'm being told that we have another special guest uh, ready to present their nominees. Uh, So you and I can just go ahead and have a drink backstage while Vichy French Guy presents 
the category for speechiest Saru speech. We'll be right back. Saru is a character who is always launching into extemporaneous discussions of his ideas and thoughts on situations. Nobody care. He like a man who yell out in the middle of a movie theater all of his thoughts on politique. We came here to watch a silly movie, not to hear your asshole concept of world history. Why are you always injecting your politics into everything, Saru? <laughs> anyway, the nominees in the speechiest Saru speech category are Saru upon crash landing in episode 2. Saru throwing a dinner party for his traumatized bridge crew. Saru telling Admiral Tenure Track about Giotto, the Renaissance painter. Saru addressing all of the captains about his rapid response capabilities in episode 5. And the final nominee in the category is Saru, explaining to Sukal that he is also a sentient being and not a hologram. And the winner for speechiest Saru speech, the most obnoxious thing this character does over and over again and make people want to kick him out of the movie theater, is... The speech about Giotto, the Italian painter from the Renaissance. He invented three-point perspective as though Admiral, director of sales and marketing, did not know about this. He's a, he's a very cultured man. Ridiculous. This is the first nominee for Saru in the category of speechiest speech. And also the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. <laughs> Oh, Ben, I'm so glad we had a moment to uh, go backstage and uh, and slam a couple of tequila ice. Yeah, it's nice to rest your vocal cords. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling really loose. Yeah, good, good. Uh, a, a pint glass full of tequila sodas will, uh, will loosen a man up. Does it every time. Uh, what do we got for our next uh, our next award here? Well, sort of like how the pint glass of tequila soda is is the official prop of any Greatest Gen live show. Yeah. Uh, this next category is best prop for the third season of Star Trek Discovery. One of the things that I think Disco does really great is having like interesting hero props and also just like a really well-developed set of objects in its world. You know, like even stuff that people never never pick up and interact with looks great right. on this show. And there are some really great uh, hero props that were introduced in season three. And uh, here are the nominees for best prop of season three. I don't know about you, Ben, but I'm looking forward to uh, to buying versions of these props uh, yeah. at an upcoming convention. That would be great. Uh, the first one being the Firefly Sphere uh, that was brought into Mirror Universe Burnham Cell uh, by Mirror Universe Georgiou. Yeah, great looking prop. Barely commented upon, but uh, but really, really arresting. Uh, the next nominee is Zara's Charcoal Ray Gun, which, uh, you know, he, he kind of made famous, but the regulators use this gun all through the season. It seems to have a lot of functionality. But that uh, the 
that turning your chest into a smoldering emperor functionality that is demonstrated in episode two really uh, really put this this ray gun right at the top of the list. You can really uh, taste the smoke flavor when you cook your kebabs <laughs> on top of that guy's uh, smoking chest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the third nominee is the Tikalan Ket Gong. Uh, any ancient traditional ceremony uh, has to include a gong. Yeah. And uh, there's no better example than the Tikalan Ket version. The Vulcans, they love a gong. They really do. Uh, the next nominee is the uh, subspace range extender that Book plugs into the disco computer to help them uh, scan subspace. It looked a bit like a HomePod. Uh, great looking device. And it really helped Book get in good with the crew of the Discovery. He read the training manual. <laughs> uh, the final nominee in this category is is one that I can't ever seem to find. It is the captain's chair bean. Uh, the uh, the bean you flick when you need special captain's confidence. Yeah. Many people think that this bean is fictional, but that's just because they've only sat in the captain's chair on the Shenzhou where it's been worn <laughs> down to nothing. That's right. And the winner. Uh, here is here's the here's the envelope, Adam. Why don't you do the honors? Oh, I I, uh, I just I wasn't able to handle it. I, I just uh, <laughs> I'm just so clumsy with the winner of this category. It's it's Captain's chair bean. Wow, Ben, that is really great. Captain's chair bean, kind of a kind of a sleeper hit on this season, and something we kind of wished we'd seen in the last episode. Uh, we wished uh, Michael Burnham had uh, had found that with her thumb when she finally took her seat as captain of the disco but uh but no like the reason that the envelope flew to the ground was because i just started rubbing on it as fast as i could yeah like and as hard as i could and i've been, i'm being told uh, through my earpiece that that's actually not uh how i should be doing that yeah i think i'd say start slow and kind of respond to to your partner and or captain's chair uh, well, really exciting, Adam. The next category is another opportunity for us to uh, to hang out backstage and get even more wasted than we already are. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm empty already. We've got a uh, another delightful celebrity presenter coming to the stage. It's Dr. Julian Bashir. Hello, I'm Dr. Bashir. And, uh... I was just backstage having a beverage of my own. <laughs> Plenty more back there, fellas. In fact, the more you drink, the more of what I was drinking there will be. So, <laughs> bottoms up, <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, I've been asked to come here tonight to present in the category of gooiest goo. There's lots of different kinds of goo, of course, in... Season three of Star Trek Discovery, and we're going to determine what the gooeyest of all of them is here tonight. Of course, I graduated with honors from Starfleet Academy in the field of medicine, but few people know that I am a double major, a double <laughs> doctorate in, uh, in medicine and viscosity. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
Viscosity is a major from Starfleet Academy. <laughs> I'm a bold certified viscosologist. <laughs> and now the nominees for gooeyest goo. Transworm stomach bile that got all over Michael Burnham when she was spit out of the transworm. Oh, that was very gooey. Shoveled up Leland from the spork box. Also incredibly gooey. Uh, no slouch in the gooiness category. The nanogel interface that the spork box is retrofitted with by Adira. When I see Stamets's fingers go into that goo, I am filled with envy. <laughs> the window bar goo from the transworm cage. A goo that just jiggled there, causing us to wonder how much play there was in the cage itself. So drippy. And finally... The gooey pieces of Linus that he has shed. For example, the piece that is found on Saru's shoulder. So gooey. And the winner is... Shoveled up Leland from the Spork Box. Wow. Goo from season two that made it into season three. Very exciting to see shoveled up Leland win this category uh, here to accept the award is Ensign Hazmat but uh, we're not going to allow him to speak my, my name is Gene actually. shut up Gene Gene I'll see you backstage with a pint glass <laughs> you've not met hazardous materials yet but you will get off the stage you idiot I don't remember what my name is, but I do know from what that guy told me backstage that I am representing in the category of best food item on Star Trek Discovery Season 3. I am told these things are being nominated because there was not a turkey leg with fish eggs smeared on it visible in any shot this season, which I think is terrible. There is no longer any fish eggs in the backstage area <laughs> because I have eaten them all. <laughs> I'm also being told that the supply of fish eggs cannot be replenished because Osira hunted the type of fish that creates this, this type of egg into extinction. Her villainy knows no bounds. All of the nominees in the best food item category are ones that I would eat with fish eggs. The first nominee is the soup splashed on Tilly's uniform by Mug. If anyone dared spill soup on me on a Klingon warship, I would certainly Kill them. <laughs> Mirror Universe Prison Food is the second nominee. Surprisingly appetizing, given the setting. A prison in the Mirror Universe would seem to be a place where you would not want to eat the food. And yet, some of the most appetizing food we see on Star Trek Discovery over the course of all three seasons are the plates of food slid to Mirror Universe Burnham in her prison cell. What the fuck? 
the exact opposite type of food is the next nominee, which is a Verubin, which is a Reuben made with vegetarian pastrami. People who eat pastrami made from plant products are without honor. Kelpian Haggis is the fourth nominee. I do not personally eat things that are dredged from shallow ponds. <laughs> I don't remember if we actually see the dish on screen, but then again, I don't remember much. <laughs> and the final nominee in the category of best food item is slices of apple made from human shit. And the winner is... Oh, this... This is disgusting. Apple made from shit. I kind of feel like this was on screen just so the writers could give Admiral Sociologist interviewed in a documentary about a cult an opportunity to say the S word. Anyways, I've got to go. I don't remember why, but I do feel some urgency to get out of this awful room in front of all of you awful people. If someone could just point me in the direction of where I should go. Anywhere but here, my friend. Hello, it's me, Kevin Uxbridge. I'm back to present the category that was uh, forecast uh, for me to present. It's the category of grossest fingers. I'll remind you, I know a a thing or two about this, having uh, a cordwood-like stack of hooshnack fingers back at uh, Delta Rana 4. This is an area of expertise. It's not just a random assignment for me. Uh, Adam, if you had questions about beans, uh, I'm also an expert in that department. Uh, Fingers (laughs) and beans. Uh, Are really what I'm here to talk about tonight at this award show. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna keep things related to this category, the grossest fingers category. And it's a, it's an exciting category. A lot of nominees, six total nominees, from what I see here. And uh, let's just get into them. Uh, the first nominee for grossest fingers are the Hooshnock fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen these, but they are gross. One of the many reasons I had to exterminate them. (laughs) I'm being told in my earpiece that they are not, in fact, eligible for this award because they didn't appear in season three of Star Trek Discovery, which does make sense because it takes place um, nearly a thousand years after I killed all the Hooshnock. You know, I'm just going to... Where's the camera? I just want to speak directly to the creative team behind Star Trek Discovery. (laughs) I say you take that ship and you and you spore jump it directly to Delta Runner Four, where I will be waiting. You you want to talk about the uh, the nostalgia of going to uh, to different places that are familiar to the Star Trek fans? Delta Runner Four. The house recently sold, but I'm told that the new owners are amenable to the idea of using it in. Uh, in, in television and film productions, as long as the uh, rental rate for the day seems fair. 
But uh, but I digress. Uh, of course, if if the Hoosnack are not going to be on this list, I'll just use the dumb list that the idiots at PricewaterhouseCooper gave me here. So the first nominee is Sharu. Another another category that is just a total dunk on my speech impediment. I'm looking at the second nominee, Shu Carl. Great. Thanks for that one too. Good job, guys. And here we go with the third, another one, Dr. Aisha, Shukal's mother. Uh, the fourth nominee does not have a name, to my knowledge, uh, known only as Kelpian Grandpa Hollow. A, a character of unspeakably advanced years, because we have to do the math that if Shukal is 130-something, this guy is just unbelievably old. Which I can relate to as a doubt. Mirror Universe Sheru, the fifth nominee for grossest fingers. Sheru, a double nominee, pretty much, right? Yeah, and, and it's a little unclear because it doesn't seem like in the Mirror Universe he knows the name Sheru. Uh, he just is a, a... He is the mirror counterpart of Sheru, but does not seem to uh, have, a, have a surname... A, a, even and uh, that's really sad. Mirror Universe is a is a real nightmare, a nightmare almost on the scale of killing an entire species. And the final nominee in the category of grossest fingers are Zara for his frostbitten hand. Really reminds me. Uh, do you, uh, I don't know if you folks here remember the film Mr. Deeds. It has an extended bit about uh, his frostbitten foot. And uh, the the butler character, as portrayed by John Turturro, hits it with a fireplace poker uh, several times. I've always said I, I have two weaknesses. The first, exterminating an entire species. And the second, Adam Sandler films. I just love them. The Sandman, he can do no wrong in my opinion. You know, people say that some of his later work has gotten lazy and it's just obviously a, a trick for him to get to go vacation in an exotic locale. But like, how can you blame him? He's still turning in funny ideas all these years later. It's something that I can appreciate. I also did a trick that made possible <laughs> my vacation in an exotic lo- ta- locale of Malibu. <laughs> Many people have compared me and the Sandman as uh, <laughs> men that have kind of one idea and just run with them forever and ever. <laughs> people often consider my extermination of the Hushnak as my punch-drunk love <laughs> of my career. <laughs> it's when I went serious. A lot of people don't know that um, a lot. Of, uh, I got a lot of help in exterminating the Hoosnack from uh, folks that were on the same dorm floor as I was my <laughs> freshman year at NYU. Uh, I just kind of took all of them along for the ride with me, and uh, they helped me kill the Hoosnack, and now a lot of them work uh, in Hollywood, and I have very successful careers just because they happened to meet me when I was a freshman at, uh, at New York University. Oh, that music just became a lot louder. I think... Uh... <laughs> Maybe they are, in fact, trying to play me off, so I'll get to it really quickly here. Uh, the winner in the category of grossest fingers. Oh my god, this is almost as unprecedented as my killing all of the Hoosnack. This is a five-way tie 
between every single Kelpian character that was nominated in this category. Saru, Sukal, Dr. Aisha, Kelpian Grandpa Hollow, and Mirror Universe Saru all share in the award for Grossest Fingers. Now presenting the nominees of the Least Tactful Character category, the cast of This Old House. Now when you're going to present an award in front of an audience full of people, you're going to want to do it sometime well after or well before Kevin Uxbridge takes the stage because his stinky, stinky, rotting, hooshnock flesh suit really (laughs) left a lingering odor. Tact is an important quality for any interaction, whether it's breaking the ice, keeping the conversation going, or lightening the mood. Tact is an important quality for any homeowner. (laughs) I can't tell you the number of terrible backsplashes or material choices I've had to bite my tongue about because the homeowner selected something completely inappropriate to the period of the home. And that's part of why I present on this old house and why I'm here presenting this award. And this is an exciting award because this is the first time uh, this award has ever been presented that Paul Stamets has not been nominated. The characters nominated for the least tactful on season three of Star Trek Discovery are... That's my whole life in that envelope! (laughs) Mr. Stamets, please. The nominees are Michael Burnham. Jet Reno and Philippa Giorgio. And the winner is Jet Reno. This is very exciting. A a character who is almost defiantly without tact. Jet Reno gives no fucks. A character with six total lines in the third season of Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> All of them used in a very untactful manner. Congratulations, Jet. This one's for you. Uh, Looks like our next award, uh, Adam, will be presented by General Martok. Yes, it is I, General Martok of the Klingon Empire. Maybe the most normal character you've had in this (laughs) award show so far. I have been trying to get drunk backstage on your tequila sodas, but they don't pack the punch of blood wine. Unfortunately, I am stone-cold sober after six pints. My date for the night is my wife. (laughs) I can see her out in the audience shaking her head ruefully at my jokes. Ah, Sorella, your boob window is bigger than any other boob window. With that said, the nominees in the category of Best Actor Without Their Customary Loaf or With Loaf to Which We Are Unaccustomed are Hannah Cheeseman, who played Arium in the Mirror Universe. Blue Del Barrio as the Zahian. Emily Coots, who played Detmer in both the Prime Universe and the Mirror Universe. Kenneth Mitchell, who we knew as playing every Klingon in Season 1 of Star Trek Discovery. And in season three of Star Trek Discovery, Invigilator Aurelio. And Doug Jones, who normally plays Saru as a Kelpian, but for two episodes played him as a human. Has anyone ever noticed 
That invigilator sounds like the name of a sex toy. I'm pretty sure I saw invigilator as a line item on Sorella's credit card bill recently. It seems I am losing the war of marriage. When you've been married as long as I have, <laughs> you learn to welcome the toys that you find <laughs> next to the bed. Not as competition, but as a welcome teammate to a healthy marriage. It's like a batleth in the hand of a warrior. <laughs> Uh, but the winner in the category of best actor without their customary loaf or with loaf to which we are unaccustomed <laughs> is. Congratulations to Doug Jones. What an exciting night for Doug Jones. Maybe next season you can play a clinger. I'd like to see you try. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, that was really exciting. A, uh, a big, long line of guest presenters. Uh, and we really appreciate uh, all of them for making appearances on tonight's show. All of them giving our voices a break, really, while we went backstage and just drank more. Uh, we just have a couple of awards left, but before we get to them, of course, we just have the reel of all of the jokes that died this season. All of the bits that we tried and didn't get laughs for. Uh, and uh, we'll let that play now. And I would have liked to have known you, but I was just a kid. The candle burned out long before the Boy, always an emotional time for uh, a Larkin Awards ceremony, yeah. seeing all those terrible bits. A really long list, like a shockingly long list of, uh, of bits that just didn't work. You rarely see an award show go to fast forward and then you see the, the scan lines yeah. of that during, during the montage. I mean, you understand why they why they did it here because uh, we're kind of running over, and the advertisers bought a certain amount of ad space, and uh, you know, there's a King of the Hill rerun after this, and they didn't want to cut into that. So, I get it. I get it. Uh, Sixty minutes, or your local television news uh, up next after <laughs> the Larkin Awards this year. The final award. This is this is what the evening has really been building toward, and uh, I think this is what. People are really excited to find out the season three Edward Larkin Award for a character on Star Trek Discovery. Wow, the lights even changed in the auditorium. Very yeah. cool. Oh, it's just that they, they brought them up so that people want to beat the traffic can uh, find their way up the aisles. That's, I mean, that's a little bit hurtful, but I guess I understand. Can we tone it down on the mister in here? <laughs> <laughs> is actually upsettingly foggy. The nominees in the category for overall Edward Larkin of season three are Michael Burnham, Paul Stamets, Sylvia Tilly, Saru, Admiral, Director of Sales and Marketing. God, my hands won't stop shaking. You gotta get through it, man. I need another tequila soda, I think is why. <laughs> Oh, wow. I can't think of anyone more deserving of the season three Edward Larkin Award than Paul Stamets. Wow. 
Uh, Paul Stamets was here in the theater earlier, but uh, he seems to be among the folks that got up and left when they brought the lights up. Uh, uh, Paul Stamets always acting in his, in his own interest, so really no surprise that he decided to beat the traffic. Yeah. Um, kind of uh, does not stand on ceremony and doesn't totally believe in the uh, in the mission uh, or charter of Starfleet. He's a uh, he's a scientist or of the greatest generation. Yeah, in 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 many ways, Paul Stamets demonstrated himself to be the Edward Larkin of season three. And uh, congratulations to Paul and everyone that won tonight, um, and everyone that didn't win. It's an honor just to be nominated. Uh, I just can't wait to get out of this tuxedo, Ben. Uh, it's been it's been a great evening. Yeah. of recognition for some of the great moments in Star Trek Discovery Season 3. It sure has, Adam. Uh, why, don't, why don't the two of us head backstage, take a couple more tequila sodas to the dome, and read some Priority One messages from our listeners. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Ben, our first Priority One message is from everyone, and it is to... You and me, and the oh message boy. goes like this. Felis Caddis is your taxonomic nomenclature and oh no. endothermic quadruped carnivorous by nature. Your visual olfactory and auditory senses contribute to your hunting skills and natural defenses. Wow. You know, they should have invited me to the uh, presidential inauguration. I think, yeah. Uh, I think that's... That's some great poetry right there. That's that's top tier stuff. That really moves the soul and reconnects us with the uh, with the country we would like to build. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel bad for everyone having spent a hundred dollars to get you to read that poem, Adam. But since it's everyone, it like amortizes to like fractions of a penny per yeah. person. It's really great value. Yeah. Yeah, didn't 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 come didn't harm anyone, and uh, and really helped us. Yeah. Our next priority one message is also to Ben and Adam, and it's from Ryan from Sacktown, and it goes like this: I'm Trying to fill up my punch card here, I felt like it would be unfair to count any of my old ones, so this is one of ten. I feel like you guys can use some just straight positive talk, so let me just ask you, Ben. What do you like most about Adam? And Adam, same question. What do you like most about you? I mean, Ben. Take care and keep the pods coming. Wow, thank you, Ryan from Sacktown. Um, what I like most about Adam is how much fun it is to joke around with him. I think that that is, like, why we connected the first time we met and... Why, uh, why we have decided to, uh, you know, make a, a serious go of friendship, despite the fact that, like, when we first met, we didn't live anywhere near each other. There wasn't any, like, opportunity to be friends. We really had to make those opportunities to, uh, to be friends with each other. And, um, I think we were really drawn to each other because of that. Uh, Adam is a great dude. I think anyone who's ever met us for the first time knows what a what a terrible first impression <laughs> both of us give. <laughs> really, kind of a miracle. Yeah, but uh, thank you for giving us a little a little pause to hang in the positivity, Ryan from Sacktown. Yeah, very nice. Um, 
if you would like to uh, get everyone together or just you yourself get a priority one message you can do so by going to maximumfun.org slash jumbotron I have tried so many meal services over the years after all I am a podcast host and I gotta tell you Factor Meals is my favorite. Why? Because I can go from what am I going to have for dinner to eating a great dinner in exactly two minutes with Factor Meals. And don't sleep on their smoothies either. I got six of these in the box this week. Mango, tropical fruit, strawberry or banana. They're all amazing. They're like meal supplements I can enjoy while I'm on the go. Head to factormeals.com slash trek50 and use the code trek50 to get 50% off. Again, that's the code trek50 at factormeals.com slash trek50 to get 50% off. Top of the morning to ya. This episode is brought to you by the St. Patrick's Day Shamrock Shavers Manscaped. This year, don't just chase rainbows. Make your own pot of gold and groom your little leprechaun with the leaders in Below the Kilt Care. I didn't make that up. That's actual copy sent to us by the great folks over at Manscaped who make the shaver that I use downstairs on my little leprechaun. And uh, I recommend it. Uh, it works great. Uh, trimming the hedges in your Irish garden isn't just for below the belt. You can complete your look with their new signature Beard Hedger Pro Kit plus Handyman Electric Face Shaver. Everything they make is really good and high quality, and this new trimmer that they have comes with two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blades. They've got one for a classic trim and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. So get 20% off plus free shipping with code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and get free shipping with code TREK at manscaped.com. This St. Patrick's Day, make sure your little hairy leprechaun is luckier than ever with Manscaped. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Well, the off-season episodes of Star Trek Discovery afford us an opportunity to uh, to do further research on some of the uh, 
the characters and themes and objects uh, that we saw in the season previous. And I think one of the one of the biggest, one of the most important is that Guardian of Forever, right? Yeah, we uh, we met that Guardian of Forever in a TAS episode, but have not seen the original series uh, introduction of that concept. So next week, we're going to be reviewing an original series episode directly referenced by Star Trek Discovery Season 3, and that seems like it may be important for the upcoming Giorgio series. And, uh, and then after that, we'll be getting back to our Lower Decks binge and award ceremonies. And uh, that stuff uh, is all stuff I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, plenty of fun times ahead. Yeah, indeed. Well, uh, we're going to leave it with Rob's from here. Thank you so much. I got to return this tux, Ben. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know I don't own this. Uh, I'm just glad that you went for a traditional midnight blue tux and uh, steered clear of that uh, knockoff all hoosnock tux. Yeah, I'm really going to lose the deposit on this. I sat down in the same chair that Kevin was in uh, moments ago. Oh, boy. I was wondering what that smell was. Yeah, it is not good. Uh, Take it away, Robs. The Larkin Awards from The Greatest Discovery is a Maximum Fun podcast hosted by Adam Pranica and Ben Harrison. The show is produced by me, Rob Schulte. We appreciate all of our guests who joined us today in donating their time to such a great cause like this award show. The Greatest Discovery theme music and interstitials are by Adam Ragusea. Check out his YouTube page and find your next recipe. And if you're looking for more Trek... Why don't you discover our back catalog? There's a lot of things in there that you'll be surprised at how much you'll enjoy. Don't forget, you can now follow us on Twitter and Instagram under the handles Greatest Trek. Those accounts are run by the great Bill Tilly. Bill, we thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of The Greatest Discovery. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned, audience supported